Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TRJ, episode two. I am the the one Billy Gunn of the Ruthless Journey, none other than myself, Ryan. And today we are covering a bit of Ruthless Aggression, smack diddly down. I can't wait. It's gonna it's gonna be class. The episode we are covering today is from October seventeenth. 2002 so just to give you a bit of a rundown on what's been going on on smackdown the smackdown obviously it was a it was a b show in comparison to you know monday night raw raw was obviously the top dog and smackdown it's it, it got off to a slow start in my opinion but i think they're really kicking on and they've got some really really good guys on there a lot of young talent all the all the guys from ovw all the ones that you see batista orton cena lesnar they they all come through they all come through smackdown so some of them have obviously moved on to Raw, but Cena, Lesnar, they're, they're still there. They're still on SmackDown, and they've been fairly prominent since, since their arrivals. So on the previous episode, we went we went down what's been going on on Raw, obviously in the pay-per-views as well. So I'm just going to give you a bit of a rundown of what's going on on SmackDown. So to start off with, just, just after the brands, but there were 20,000 Canaanites, brother. Kane was starting to talk a bit more, get a bit of personality about him, obviously, at the minute where we are. We know too much about Kane, but that was that was discussed on a previous episode. If you were to take a look at episode one, just to find out, Scotty Tuotti and Albert break up. Didn't know that that was a team that existed, but yeah, when I started, they were a team. About a week after, they weren't a team. We've not really seen either of them since. I think Albert's popped up a couple times. Scotty Tuotti has been nowhere to be seen. I don't know if he's injured or anything. Triple H gets given the undisputed championship. He he was already the undisputed champion. I mean the actual belt. He got, he got the actual belt. You know the one in so many SmackDown versus Raw games. That one was hanging on the ladder. Regardless if it, if it was a ladder match for the Intercontinental or United States Championship or even the Women's Championship, anything like that, you'd grab the undisputed championship. That's just how it was back in the day. But yeah, Triple H gets given that belt. Stacy Keebler becomes Vince's personal assistant. And in the process creates the meme, and you've all, you've all seen the meme, where she's dancing on the table and Vince falls off the chair with his eyes bugging out of his head like a fucking sex-craved badger. We get the debut of Reverend Devon, as mentioned in the previous episode, the Dudley boys got, got split up, and Devon became a reverend. I, I don't know why. I think he's got, a, he's got a background in, I think his family may have been part of the, you know, have a religious a religious background. But, yeah, Devon became a reverend, to be fair. I think it was worth it because of that theme. You know the theme. He's Testify! We get Mark Henry holding a car back with his legs because he's strong. Seriously, though, that is ridiculous. And the, the engine was running. Tess was driving the car. And towards Mark Henry... I think. And he's holding it back of his legs. Strong. Get the debut of Randy Orton. Obviously, Randy Orton's now moved to Raw. Previous episode we spoke about, he cut that promo in Montreal. Where I think he turned heel. I think. But he was white meat baby face when he come in. And, yeah, he's moved to Raw now. So, he had a couple of matches. Hardcore Holly. He had a match with Lesnar. had a match with Undertaker. They put him over as a, as a hot young prospect. So, we get Mark Henry bending a frying pan. Because he's strong. Again, I mean, I say it in a kind of a jokey time, but bending a frying pan is it's just absolutely insane. How 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 have you done that? Deacon Batista debuts with Reverend Devon, so we get a, we get a match. I think, I think it was against Triple H. Devon comes out, and Batista's behind him, skinned, a briefcase around his neck, looking absolutely terrifying with a suit, and the arms are cut off, and he looked fucking terrifying. There is no way 
he we could have been from the church because people from the church don't like that. They're usually old people, you know. I mean, where I live, you know, kind old people. You you, you see him in church, you 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 fucking terrified. And Reverend Devon, he beat Triple H. Obviously, there was shenanigans, but yeah, he beat he beat Triple H. He was champion at the time. Unbelievable. Obviously, they were trying to trying to push that Reverend Devon character quite strong. Obviously, it's kind of tailed off now. And um, we'll, we'll get to what Devon's doing at the minute in the episode. But yeah, a win over Triple H is not something that comes very often for people with new gimmicks. So, unless you're Curtis Axel, then you can beat him like 10 times. We get the debut of Dawn Marie from, obviously Dawn Marie was from ECW. She, she'd been in other stuff as well. There's not really much to say about Dawn Marie. I mean, not, not since you arrived, but where we are now, <laughs> there'll be a bit to say about Dawn Marie. We'll get to it. Edge and Kurt Angle, who's wearing a wig, have a cracking steel cage match. Yeah, it's crazy. One of their matches on SmackDown is just... It should have been on a pay-per-view. It was a pay-per-view caliber match. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's just... You, you go out of your way to watch that. Absolutely incredible. We get the debut of Jamie Noble and Nidia. Nidia from Tough Enough. She'd come in. She was... How it started was... Hurricane, who's now on Raw, was receiving love letters in his locker. And he was obviously... Because he's a superhero. He got, he got his Clark Kent alter ego Gregory Helms on the job. To see who was sending the letters. He couldn't find anything. And then it turned out it was Nidia. And then Nidia then... I think he cornered cornered Hurricane. And Noble attacked him. Going, yeah, don't forget my name, Jamie Noble. you never forget Jamie Noble. Yeah, and then Jamie Noble won the Cruiserweight Championship. And they've been an item ever since Noble... Not, not Noble and Hurricane. Noble and Nidia. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like trailer park trash. Nidia's macking on dudes, you know. In front of Noble, Noble enjoys it, but yeah, they've got a little something coming up as well, so. We get the debut of maybe the biggest star in the history of WWE, Shannon Moore. No, I'm joking. John Cena. Cena comes out, Angle Open Challenge. Angle asks, who is man enough to come out instead? The very the very best in the business. Cena comes out. With that generic theme. And Angle asks him, What is the one quality that you have to make you think you could come out here and face the very best in the business? Cena with about 25 veins popping out of his forehead, shaking, goes, Ruthless aggression! And then slaps him. And there's that a decent little back and forth 10 minute match. Angle gets the roll up win, but yeah, they put over Cena strong. Now, at the minute, Cena's, well, he's, ever since he, he turned out, he was really pegged as like, this guy's the future of SmackDown. He didn't have really any character traits, though. He's starting to show a little something. It starts on this episode. We'll, again, a lot of stuff coming up that's relevant to this. So we'll get there. In a segment with Devon, Ron Simmons admits he loves masturbation. So, yep, that was a thing. We get a undisputed championship match between Kurt Angle and The Undertaker, which ended in a draw. So, I'm trying to think of what this, this situation was. So, I believe that Angle was in a Hell's Gate. I think it was I think it was the Hell's Gate. It wasn't, obviously, it wasn't called that. And he had Undertaker's... No, no, wait. Angle had like a triangle on Undertaker, I think. And Taker tapped... As Angle's shoulders were on the mat. So as the ref counted the three, Angle's shoulders were on the mat right at the same time. And it ended in a draw. And that's how we got the triple threat match with, with The Rock involved. So, yeah. A vengeance. That's how we got there. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Edge won the tag team titles. Big feel-good America moment, even though Edge is Canadian. So, you know. Well, let's just, let's just ignore that. Edge was fanboying. We're in the, we're in the bow of feathers and everything. So that, that didn't last long. Obviously, Edge is in a new team now. Which, yet, yet again... Again, we will get to. Then, obviously, we had Bischoff get announced as the GM of, of Raw. And for SmackDown, there was, only, there was only one person for the job. Someone who could, with experience in the role, could steer the ship and just knew how to run shows. I'm talking about Stephanie McMahon. The, the billionaire princess is running SmackDown as a fucking babyface. And guess what? You will get used to it because she's showing cleavage, all right? That's that's it, okay? There is no change of character. She's still a kind of a bitch, but sexy outfits. So you have to cheer her now. Sorry, lads. Her dad's made her wear the sexy outfit today. 
She's going out there. She's book. She's booking Billy and Chuck versus Angle and Benoit, and you're going to enjoy it because she's got cleavage showing and her legs are out. We get the debut of Rey Mysterio. So Rey was in WCW in the WCW 2000. I've not watched any really of the WCW 2000. I know he got unmasked. It's crazy because back when I was a kid, obviously I saw I saw this video when I was like seven or eight. Rey Mysterio unmasked, and it was him taking his mask off against uh, the Wolfpack. I think it was the Wolfpack or the NWO, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way that's Rey Mysterio." There was no no way, and the music for some reason was God knows. So I thought, "Oh my God." That's Raymond Steele on Mars. I bet he's never done that before or since. And it was like a whole year in 2000 in WCW. Well, he's on Mars. What? Let's go. Oh, my word. What are they thinking? So, yeah, very, very clever for WWE to put the mask back on. Yeah, fair play to WWE. Obviously, you can market that. You know, and he's. Ray's so. He's, he's so good. So fast, so agile. Not Obviously, not got a lot of. He can't really talk, but he doesn't need to. I don't think he needs to. And then we get the last appearance of Hollywood Hogan getting murdered by our current undisputed champion, Brock Lesnar. R.I.P. Hogan. Brock. Just He just obliterates Hogan and wipes Hogan's blood on his own chest like he's just fucking pillaged his village. We also get Funaki becoming SmackDown number one announcer. That sounded a bit French. I was going for Japanese. Probably shouldn't, but... Yeah, I mean, I remember Fanaki being smacked on number one announcer in, like, 2007 and eight. so this... Is this going to run through the whole ruthless aggression? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I love Funaki. Apart from Kung Funaki, because that was racist. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit jumped to SmackDown. Whilst Benoit had the IC title, I had literally no idea... No idea that this, the IC title went to SmackDown for a brief spell, but it was like two weeks. He lost it to RVD at SummerSlam. So yeah, we didn't see much of the IC title on SmackDown, but yeah, Eddie Guerrero and Benoit now on SmackDown, forming the you know part of the SmackDown Six with Chavo, Edge, Ray, Angle. We also get you broke my neck, Brock. Hardcore Holly and Brock Lesnar go for a power bomb. Doesn't go so well. Drops Hardcore Holly right on his head. Kicks his head Yeah Mental 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 And yeah Hulk Holly's been out ever since I think he's out till God knows About a year I think it's about a year So We won't We won't be seeing much Hulk Holly Anytime soon Unfortunately We get the formation of Los Guerreros Probably the Maybe fair to say The most successful Most popular tag team Of the Ruthless Aggression Era Unless you want to count Eminem But Yeah Los Guerreros They, they form they, they start off as heels Obviously We'll get a bit of Los Guerreros tonight They'll be all over the show, so we can we can see a bit more of them there. We also get Matt Hardy joining SmackDown. So Matt and Jeff were together then, not sexually, as brothers and a tag team. And they broke up as a tag team, not sexually, and amicable split. And then all of a sudden, Jeff was in a match and Matt Hardy come out and hit him in the, in the head with a chair. And then it was like, back up, Matt, why do you, why do, you do this to your own brother? God damn it. And then... He turned up on SmackDown the next week as a babyface. But I think it was kind of like... At first it was earnest, and then it kind of turned into... Yeah, yeah, Matt's fucking deluded because no one likes him. And he thinks he's his big star, and he's not. So, yeah, Matt's, Matt's turned into... V, V1's obviously started now. We'll get, get a bit more of V1 later on in the show. We also get Chuck proposing to Billy. And, yeah. Oh. Listen, I, I, I don't... I don't really like using a sexuality to, to pop ratings and all that. Obviously, because Billy and Chuck are, are not gay in real life. But this segment here. So the Billy and Chuck commitment ceremony. Where they are, you know, they look hesitant at parts of the ceremony. And at one point, I think Billy turns around and says to Rico, this has gone, this has gone too far. We can't, we can't do this. We're not gay, which unfortunately gets a massive pop from the crowd. I mean, it was 2002. What can you do? And then that, that, that little vicar, that unassuming vicar, 
that was, you know, you know, marrying the two of them, just goes, it doesn't matter if it takes 20 years, six months, or three minutes. Wait a minute. Did I just hear myself say, three minutes? Fucking rips, rips his face off. It's Eric Bischoff. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Oh my God, Stephanie's there. She can't believe it. Literally one of the craziest moments in the history of SmackDown, I'd say. And then, yeah, three-minute warning come through the crowd. Lay out Billy and Chuck. Lay out Stephanie. SmackDown locker room comes out, chases them off. Rico's jump ship to Raw. He's now with Bischoff and three-minute warning. Oh my God, what a segment. Five out of five stars. Fucking hell. Listen, like, you, you wouldn't think much of it because of the people who were involved, like Three Minute Warning and Billy and Chuck, but wow, yeah, one, one of the best segments I've ever seen in SmackDown, and I don't even, I don't even want to use any hyperbole, but that was fucking amazing. We then get Tori Wilson's dad, Al Wilson, coming to SmackDown Weekly, and then he meets Dawn Marie, uh-oh, uh-oh, we'll get a bit more of that later, and then also, from this is from last week, so, Undertaker allegedly has an affair with another bird. So, but apparently he doesn't know her. But again, yet again, oh my God. We will get to that in this show. Just just wait, just please wait. And then finally, Dormarie gives Al Wilson a magazine that he can wank over. So that was nice of her, you know, ingratiating herself with the talent's parents. Here's a magazine of me with no clothes on. Please wank over it and let me know how you get on. So that was, that's what's been going on on SmackDown. So let's get into the October 17th, 2002 episode of SmackDown. Now the question remains, what kind of a man is the Undertaker, quite frankly? I'm not qualified to answer that question. But Tracy, on the other hand, is very qualified to tell us all just what kind of a man the Undertaker happens to be. How could you? So this SmackDown comes from us from Toronto, Canada. Obviously, Raw's in Montreal. We're now in Toronto. We've got a hometown boy, which we'll get to in a sec. Can you guess who it is? We get a little hype up from Cole and Taz talking about Helena Hel- Cell on Sunday. And Undertaker and Lesnar in Helena Cell for the Undisputed Championship. Lesnar's first, I think it's his first non-singles or first non-stipulation match. Or his first stipulation match. Hell in a Cell, it's, it's, I think it's going to be bonkers, so looking forward to it. Then he gets announced that we're getting Jamie Noble versus Nidia. What? Why? Well, there was, there was a couple. And also, just, you know, get a bit of that weirdness, and then semi-final, semi-final match for the SmackDown Tag Team title tournament. Los Guerreros versus Ben Ryan Angle. Oh, Jesus, gave me a boner when I saw that. Unbelievable. Edge kicks off the show, comes out in his hometown with his theme song, so... I've got a bit of a, a love-hate relationship with this theme song. So, obviously, growing up in in the being a, being a a pre just pre PG era boy, two thousand six, Radar Superstar Edge, he was he was my main villain that I hated. But the one thing I liked about Edge was that song. You know that, you know the song. You think you know me? Dun, 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 on this day, I see clearly. It's one of the best songs of all time. 
going back to here and Edge is coming out to I was like, what is this? This is not this is not Edge. This is not his song. But now when that song when that song comes on and that them them lights hit and he's running out in his big coat and his glasses, oh mate, turn the lights off. I gotta stand up and appreciate this. It's fucking Beautiful. So, the semi-final tag team tournament match between Edge and Mysterio versus Devon and Ron Simmons, the unlikely duo of Devon and Ron Simmons. Not sure why they're together. Obviously, they had a, I wouldn't even call it a mini-feud. They had an altercation where Ron Simmons claimed he loved masturbation, but obviously Devon was against that because he's a man of the the cloth. So, not a man touching cloth, a man of the cloth. But yeah, they're, they're, they're aligned now. I mean, they're obviously two... Tag team specialists, APA and the Dudley boys. Yeah, I mean, random. All of a sudden, Ron Simmons wasn't Farouk anymore and he was a heel, but it's one of them things, isn't it? We get a lock-up between Edge and Simmons. A cheap shot in the corner as the ref breaks the hold. Edge tries a shoulder tackle, but because Ron Simmons is such a fucking unit, doesn't even move. Ducks under a second time, then hits him with the flying clothesline. We get a top rope drop kick by Edge. And then a jawbreaker by Simmons. Tag to Devon, run straight into the flapjack. Tag to Ray, comes flying in with a springboard sent on. Obviously, Ray so quick. Devon Simmons ain't going to be able to catch him. You know what I mean? He's so quick, so agile, so fluent coming off the ropes and everything. Just unbelievable. Some of the stuff he does is just unbelievable. Quick maneuvers to Simmons and Devon by Ray. Goes for a 619 early on, but Devon gets out of the way. And he runs into a beautiful spine buster by Ron Simmons, obviously. You catch him, you hit him with that power move. Simmons is just a... He's a beast. I mean, I think he's... Well, he's, he's got to be pushing I'll be pushing 50, I'd, I'd assume, but he's just so powerful. He's such, he's cut to fuck as well. He's such a, such a big boy, but military press slam by Devon. We get an elbow drop attempt to Ray, but no one is home. We are then told on commentary that Undertaker is here tonight, even though he's obviously had the bad hand. But he is here, and he is, he's looking for Brock. He's, he's, he's got his eyes on him. Spin kick by Ray, hot tag to Edge. You know, big pop, Edge in Canada. It's his hometown. People love him. Leaping shoulder block by Edge. A big back body drop to Devon. Edge O'Mag broke for a two count. Ray boots Simmons out of the ring, off the springboard and dives to the outside. We get a corner spear by Edge. Then a double team move. Devon sitting on the turnbuckle. Edge vaults Mysterio into Devon who hits a Harakarana. Very, very nice stuff. Two count broken up by Simmons. Devon, Devon is conveniently draped over the second rope. Interesting. 619. West Coast pop. Simmons intercepts into a powerbomb, which was a beautiful little spot. Spear by Edge to Simmons. Saving Grace reversed into the execution. Free count. Immediately following that match, the Los Guerreros attack them from behind. We get a frog splash by Eddie onto Edge. A very decent little opener. You know, obviously you've got the two veterans against the two young boys. You know, Ray with his high-flying moves as usual. But, you know, Edge, Edge is a star. He's being built as such. You know, get, getting the win for his team in his hometown. But then Los Guerrero's coming out as well, showing they're trying to get some advantages. Because the, they're still in the tournament, we'll get their match later. So it just shows they're trying to get any advantage to try and progress to the finals and win the tag team titles. We get Funaki, number one announcer, with Tajiri. Tajiri is refing Nidia versus Noble. I mean, Tajiri's been almost the third wheel in this Noble-Nidia relationship business. So now he, he for some reason, is refing the match between Nidia and Noble, which is uh, strange. They speak a bit of Japanese. Nidia comes in and says she's going to do what she does to Jamie in the bedroom. Come out on top and have him beg for mercy. Very, very nice. Noble comes in and says, It's got to be rough! Nidia then says, The rougher the better, and then slaps Noble right in the mush. And then we get a line from Jamie Noble. You don't smack Jamie Noble, I'm cruiserweight champion! Cut back to the ring. Get out of here, girl! It's time to get naked and wrestle! Which, uh... The commentators seem to enjoy. We get Nidia coming out. The bell rings and Noble slams Nidia to the floor. Noble is talking to her and Nidia boots him in the balls. Starts hammering away on Noble. Jumps on his back and Noble flips her over to the mat. Says, what is wrong with you? Tries to help her up. Nidia rolls in a small package, gets a two. We get a double leg takedown by Noble. Can't fight! Can't fight! Oh my God! We get Jamie Noble on top and looks like he's going to punch her. Says he says he, he can't he can't do this. Nidia reverses it into a cover. Two count. We get an eye rake by Nidia. Tries to tell us to stop again. 
Nidia tries to counter into another roll-up. Noble sits on her for a free count. Taz then calls it a humongous win. You're the boss of that trailer. Tajiri tries to help Nidia up, but she slaps him. Noble and Tajiri argue, then gets beat up by Nidia and Noble. Then we get a powerbomb by Noble onto Tajiri. They then make up and have a big snog. Pointless, if you ask me. I don't know. I don't know why they've fought, fought each other and then just made up straight away. Doesn't really make much sense. Poor Tajiri. Tajiri deserves Bell. He really deserves Bell. He's so talented, and he's just here being a ref to an intergender match between two people that are dating and getting beaten up at the end. We then cut backstage to Undertaker and his bad hand. Taz and Cole says he's got something to get off his chest. Taz and Cole say that Undertaker will most likely be addressing the accusations last week, that he was having an affair, and Taz calls his wife very pregnant, which is um, you know, the, the elite stages of, of pregnancy. You know, that's the seven to nine month range. You know, that's, the, that's hard mode on pregnancy, to be honest. Not that I know from experience, but Undertaker joins them backstage and cuts his promo. This is extremely difficult for you. Of all the things that I've been in my life, I've never been a liar. So I've requested this time. So I get a few things off my chest and set the record straight. When I was accused by this woman of being a cheater, well, I lied. I do know her. But I mean, look, I knew a lot of women like her back then. See, that was years ago. It was a long time ago, years before I ever met my wife, Sarah. So to say I was surprised last week when I got to SmackDown and here's this woman accusing me of being a cheater, surprise would be an understatement. And man, I had to make a judgment call. Because all I could see was my pregnant wife sitting at home watching this woman accuse me of being a cheater. Truth is, I haven't seen this woman in about seven years. I don't know what she wants. I don't know if she's been paid off by Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. I don't know. All I know is the last week of my life has been a living hell due to Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. But let me guarantee you two something. The hell that I've been through is nothing, is nothing compared to the hell that I'm gonna put you two through this Sunday in the cell. We then, after that, cut to Los Guerreros. Lights are off in their locker room. They turn them on and Chris Benoit is standing right there. Eddie's getting a bit concerned while Benoit is looking at him. It's because Benoit is looking at him like he wants to beat the piss out of him. So obviously the week before there was a an attack. We don't know by who, but Benoit was attacked in a locker room. We don't know who it was, Los Guerreros, but you know there's there's people that have been accused, Los Guerreros, and you know Chris Benoit wants to get to the bottom of who did it, Los Guerreros. Eddie can't believe that Benoit thinks it was them who jumped him in the locker room last week. Eddie brings up his past of Chris. Eddie pretends to cry. Eddie says, "You're hurting my feelings, Holmes." And he tells Chris to hit him. He's, he's going through all these ranges of emotions. He's upset. He's confused. He's angry. He's, he's aggressive. It's, it's mad the range that Eddie Guerrero has. Chavo says, shame on you, Chris Benoit. And they leave. Shame on you, Chris Benoit, right? Eh? Mm. Lesnar, Heyman, and Tracy, the Jezebel, who's having the affair with Undertaker, allegedly, arrive. Billy Kidman comes out to his... Um, ugh, this, all right, this is something I've got to get off my chest here. To this generic theme, that's uh, when, right? When Billy Kidman first come into my life on this on this journey, he had this this theme for some reason that I really really enjoyed. I think it was his WCW theme. I really liked it. I don't know why. Don't ask. But now they've got rid of that because it was a WCW theme, I assume. And now he's just got this generic theme. I don't, do you know what? I can't even remember how it goes. It's that memorless. Memorless. That's a word, isn't it? Memorless. So 
yeah, Billy Kidman comes out. Video package from earlier on in the night from baby John Cena looking about 12 years old with his with his weird haircut. Well, I mean, more or less the same haircut, but yeah, he looks... It's not John Cena. Who is this man? Who is this man? We then get rookie Cena comes out. Does the, uh, does the word life hand symbol for the first time. Obviously, we get a bit of attitude from Cena. Still wearing those, uh, those coloured tights, though. You know, looking like a looking like a Chippendales Power Ranger. You know what I mean? Very, very odd. Get a bit of chain wrestling at the start. Kidman gets the advantage early on. Get a Harakarana by Kidman. A leg sweep by Cena into a catapult, sending Kidman over the ropes, which was pretty, pretty in- interesting spot. You know, flinging him right over the ropes. You know, Kidman sold it well. Pulls him back in the ring. We get a two count. Heavy Irish whip into the corner by Cena. Elbow strike by Cena for another two. Backdrop by Cena for another two count. Eye rake by Cena into a delayed vertical suplex. Get another two. Cena's then working on the lower back. Yeah, Cena sucks, child, which sounds so weird when it's not accompanied by, let's go, Cena. So, yeah, that was that was strange for me. Obviously, growing up in the... I mean, my prime, my prime when I really hit my stride was probably the Nexus era, so I heard that a lot. You know, Cena being on the Nexus every weekend and hearing that, so... Poor Wade Barrett, by the way. Getting off track, hang on. Big drop kick by Kidman. Elbow off the second rope into a two count. DDT by Cena, another two count. Powerbomb attempt, roll through by Kidman into another two count. Goes for the shooting star press, but Cena gets up. Cena tries to launch Kidman off the top rope, but reverses into a face buster for another two count. We get a backslide by Cena, who uses the ropes and get a, gets a free count. He beat Billy Kidman. Unbelievable. So, Cena and Kidman were tag team partners in the tournament. They got eliminated and Cena was not happy. They had a bit of dissension. And now they're slowly turning... Rookie Cena into a bit of a villain. And you know what's coming. It's coming soon. You think you're untouchable? We'll get there. Can't wait. We then cut backstage to GM Steph in her office. Stephanie Man. You know, the big white meat baby face that's running. Running smack down at the minute. It's, you know, not what I'm used to seeing Steph in, you know. Obviously, authority Steph. Pregnant Steph drugging Shawn Michaels. Low-key, biggest villain of all time. Heel pregnant Steph. Yeah, so seeing her in this role as a as a well, she's not she's she's kind of neutral, but a bit of a but she's a face new, bit of a face neutral. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, she's yeah she's she's serviceable, I guess. She's confident at least. So Lesnar, Heyman, and Tracy come in. They call Undertaker a liar. Tracy said her and Taker slept together ten days ago. Oh my god. Steph then arranges for Tracy to be removed from the building. Heyman then says Lesnar and Matt Hardy are the key to the future, and The Undertaker is in the twilight of his career. Little did they know. (laughs) Heyman asks Steph to make Undertaker take his cast off for no mercy. Steph says she'll make a decision later. Lesnar then gets told he's facing Chuck Palumbo tonight, and then we get Lesnar, Chuck Palumbo. Next, also announced, mixed tag later, Rikishi and Tori Wilson versus Matt Hardy and Dawn Marie. We then cut to Undertaker, who's now in Stephanie McMahon's office. Calls Tracy a lying bitch. Whoa. Tell him how you really feel, Taker. Stefan says Taker's been using his cast as an offensive weapon and is considering Heyman's appeal. Taker then says, let me show you how offensive I can be and slams a lamp cast first, which startles Steph. Yeah, he really, you know, if, I wanna, if I'm out on a night out and I want to try and prove to a group of people how fucking tough I am, I will find the nearest lamp and I will punch the fuck out of it. I'll throw fucking palm strikes, spinning elbows, maybe a roundhouse kick. I will beat the fuck out of that lamp just to tell you and show everyone that I'm the toughest son of bitch in this Weatherspoons. Okay? Don't fuck with me. I've just obliterated a lamp, yeah? Which is, the you know, obviously the process the Taker's gone through in his head to try and show how scary he can be by hitting a lamp. That poor lamp. That lamp had a family. Lesnar versus Palumbo. So, I've got another thing to get off my chest. Theme-related as well. So, obviously, earlier, we had the Billy Kidman chat. That wasn't probably not as controversial as this i prefer brock lesnar's first theme to his current one i know i know obviously lesnar's theme right now is iconic but when first when lesnar first debuted and he had that song it 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 just fucking it it just it was just great it was i don't think anyone remembers it but he goes I think it'd be a sassy guitar. Yeah, it was. I really liked it. I thought it fit him. I thought it was, it was a bit moody, but you know, it it just 
you you hear that song and he's he's coming towards you and it makes you want to shit yourself. You know, I mean, obviously this his current theme is great. You know, it's, it's iconic. It's it's lasted the test of time. He'll probably not have another one, but you listen to that old theme and it just it again the controversial opinion. It does similar effect to what Dan Seven's theme does when Dan Seven's walking to the ring. You hear that theme. You see Lesnar. You see Lesnar. You see Heyman behind the red light and it. It was great. It was really great. We then get a sign that says, the next big thing? No, the biggest thing. Probably factual at the minute, unless you're talking about, you know, big nose Triple H. He's the he's the biggest thing on, on, on the topic of accusing people of being murderers. Chuck Palumbo then comes out. Obviously, there's no controversy with Chuck Palumbo. That, that theme is generic. I think everyone can agree on that. Palumbo goes straight for Lesnar. Lesnar counters with tackles in the corner. We get a big boot by Palumbo. Lesnar doesn't go down. Lesnar then counters into an STO, that, that judo move that he does where he sweeps the leg, puts to the ground. It's, it's the one that's on um, all the SmackDown versus Raw games, really. Drop him to the floor. Pulls Palumbo into the post, midsection first by his arms and legs. A short clothesline by Brock, then another one. Palumbo's got a bloody lip already. He's getting battered by Lesnar. At, at, at this point in time, I think it's going to be a borderline squash match. Lesnar's just battering Palumbo. We get suplexed by Lesnar for a two count. Palumbo trying to fight back, but Lesnar just keeps pummeling him. Irish whipping to the corner into a belly-to-belly over Lesnar's head. Just wearing Palumbo down with the amateur wrestling and the tight bear hug, you know. He doesn't He doesn't do this as much anymore when he's wrestling, but that amateur background, you know, he's, he's, just, he's legit. You know he's legit. Obviously, just suplexes now, but back then he's doing the... The amateur wrestling stuff, the, the groundwork, you know. I'm really excited to see what they do, him and Angle, because that's that's going to be brilliant. But we'll get we'll get there soon. We will get there soon. Palumbo tries to mount a comeback, but Lesnar gets him in a running power slam position and runs him into the corner. Lesnar then attempts to run at Palumbo whilst he's in a tree of woe, but Palumbo kicks him in the stomach, which sends Brock absolutely flying. You hear you hear Heyman saying to the referee, "Was that legal? Of course it's legal. Why would a kick not be legal? You have watched your client." Take chair shots to the skull. And you're asking if that's legal. Unbelievable. Lesnar then tries to run at Palumbo. But he gets out of the way. Sending Lesnar shoulder first into the post. We get a belly to belly by Palumbo. Then get a super kick by Palumbo. Pal- Palumbo, underrated part of his game. That super kick. I mean, it's not it's not sweet chin music. It's not Dolph Ziggler's. But for a big man to get that leg up and hit his, hit his targets flush as he does. It's impressive. Lesnar don't go down. Then he hits him with another one. And then Lesnar goes down. Two super kicks from Palumbo. Lesnar then grabs the ropes at two. They get a belly-to-belly attempt again by Palumbo, but Lesnar counters into his own. Big clothesline by Brock. F5, free count. Literally, as soon as the bell rings, Taker immediately runs in and attacks Brock, laying the boots to him, hits the ref and the trainers with the cast. Lesnar's busted open. Lesnar hightails up the ramp, and you just hear Heyman going, Oh my God, you're bleeding! <laughs> like he's an infant child who's just cut his leg on a slide. Like, And then we get Taker standing tall in the ring. We then cut backstage to Tori Wilson, warming up to a huge pop. Canada love women. Canada loves sexy women. Tori sees her dad down the corridor. Al Wilson, hello Al, nice to see you. Said she saw Dawn Marie giving her dad her room key last week and calls Dawn Marie a predator. Predator? All right, fair enough. It's a new one. Her dad gives her some flowers. Then the mixed tag match is next. Get a recap from last week where Dawn Marie gives Al Wilson her room key. We get... Our first Matt Hardy version 1 entrance with the internet loading thing and all the facts. Ah, oh, this is class. I remember playing SmackDown vs. Raw back in the day. Because I didn't see it on telly because it was before my time. But I remember seeing it on the game. I was like, this is fucking cool. This really is cool. Oh, yeah. Dum, 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 dum. I could save a tornado. I could dry up a sea. Yeah. I used to think he said dry up a pussy, but obviously why would that be in a wrestling theme? We get the first Matt fact, which is that he's beaten Undertaker two straight times. Not sure if that's correct, but fine. I thought my TV was lagging at the start, but it's just his entrance. I think people have had that same sort of realisation. Rikishi and his arse come out. Sign saying the arse of life, which is a sign. Tori then comes out to another big pop. like she's. It's, it's literally like she's fucking Steve Austin in Canada. Like You'd you think the fucking Jesus had come out to the, to the ramp. I mean, Stacey got one. On Monday in Montreal, so Canada love their women. That can't be denied. Dawn and Tory start, but Matt immediately tags himself in and tries to fight Tory. Then Rikishi tags in and Matt tags back out. Dawn calls Rikishi disgusting and then slaps him. She immediately regrets this as Rikishi goes to punch her. Babyface move. He did run over someone, so he's got heel tendencies. Dawn runs away. Rikishi catches her in a military press and then launches her into Matt Hardy. Tory tags in. 
Get a neck breaker for a two count. Chops by Tory. Um, Walters chops. These are not, just so you're aware. Dawn counters. Covers. Puts her foot on the ropes. Two count. Stomps to the back. Suplex by Tory. Sort of. Again, this is not fucking the ring general doing suplexes or anyone of that of that ilk. Rikishi then tags him. Goes to sit on her, but she runs out the way and tags in Matt. Matt nearly gets sat on, but gets out of the way. We get a side effect by Matt for a two count. Leg drop, but nobody is home. Twist the fake counter into a Uranagi, then a super kick. I do like that Uranagi that Rikishi does. It's very nice. Obviously, Uranagi. Obviously, the best Uranagi is from, of course, Bray Wyatt, I'd say. Maybe Samoa Joe, actually. A lot of good Uranagis out there. Dawn jumps on Rikishi's back, then runs into Matt in the corner. Tori then tags in. Rikishi backs up into the two of them. They both drop down into the corner. So contrived, that bit, but... You know, you got you can't naturally get someone in the position for a stink face unless you just drag them by their head and shove them in the corner. But they do the thing, obviously. They stand in the corner. They drop down, sit on the floor, but it gets a pop. So, you know, that's why they do it, obviously. Matt grabs Dawn's head and her head right into the stink face. You get a roll-up by Tori. Matt turns it around. He hits Rikishi. Dawn gets the free. Sloppy ends. It was a bit, bit rough, the roll-up. But Matt then grabs Tori's head, but she hits him in the balls. Right in the matter balls. Tori slaps Dawn. Rikishi then runs into Matt. Matt drops down. Tori says she wants to do it. Matt gets all excited. Oh, I could get a stink face from Tori Wilson. He can't believe it. What would Lita think of this? Tori then notices that Matt's getting excited. And then Rikishi does it. And then we fade out. I mean, Tori and Dawn obviously got this this feud going on over there. Over Al Wilson. And Rikishi and Matt aren't really doing anything. So they've just been thrown in there to really just get some minutes into this mixed tag match. Because... Tori and Dawn on their own is just it's just not a good affair. So but yeah, not not bad. Obviously Rikishi, he's Rikishi's popular. Matt's, you know, he's got a rub from Brock and Undertaker who's been in that mix. So, you know, two two valuable assets. So it's not like nobody's been in this tag match supporting him. But yeah, I mean we'll see where the, the Tory and Dawn story goes a bit later on. So look forward to that. We then cut backstage to Brock being tended to after he was bleeding earlier on because of the cast from The Undertaker. Brock tells Paul to go to Stephanie for Taker take the cast off Paul pleads with Stephanie for Taker to take the cast off Taker just take the cast off fucking hell it's like a tongue twister Steph says she'll make her decision later on Paul is incensed and he wants that cast off I mean I think he's he's playing like he's afraid that Brock would, would get maimed by Undertaker and his evil cast but big evil cast that could have been a gimmick we then cut backstage to Benoit and Angle having a little stare down Benoit staring at Angle like he did to Eddie you know he's not said a word all night Angle is unsure why he's looking at him Angle says he had nothing to do with the attack. And it reminds him of the one-year suspension stipulation if them two lay a hand on each other. Los Guerreros versus Angle and Benoit. Next. Can't fucking wait. We then cut to Tori Wilson backstage looking for her dad. The makeup artist then said that the flowers aren't for her, but they're for Dawn Marie. What? Tori goes looking for him. Goes into the women's locker room and sees his blazer and shoes. Oh, no. And then he catches Dawn Marie and Al making out in the shower. <laughs> what I find funny about this is that Dawn is is naked, right? Well, it's not funny on its own, that, but... Al, Al still has his clothes on and the shower is running. He's like standing there, getting fucking soaked. I mean, obviously, when you are standing in front of a naked Dawn Marie in a shower, I think the idea of taking your clothes off... I mean, they may be the furthest thing from your mind. I mean, they may not be, but it seems like that was the case for Al. So, Tori can't believe it and she runs off. Thank fuck, Kurt Angle. Oh my god, a wrestler. Can't believe it. Benoit comes out to a big Canadian pop. You know, he's a big Canadian hero. Los Guerreros come out to Latino heat. Which I don't mind, but the Los Guerreros theme song, I can't wait for that because that takes me back as well. Smackdown vs. Raw 2006 on the PSP. I'm there there at Centre Parks. Oh, Ryan, why don't you go on the fucking climbing frame with the rest of the boys? No, because I'm playing fucking Los Guerreros versus La Resistance on my PSP, yeah? i got to get the, the tag team titles off of Rob Conway and Sylvain Grenier. So, leave me alone, Dad. Edge and Ray then run out and attack them from behind, getting a bit of revenge from earlier. Kurt then attacks Edge. Benoit attacks Ray. Spear by Edge to Angle. Benoit gets a 619. I mean, the SmackDown 6 have just imploded here. They're all attacking each other. Edge and Ray then leave. A bit heelish, coming out, just attacking people and then leaving. It's revenge, but still. Come back from commercial with Eddie stomping Angle in the corner. Elbow to the face by Angle. And then Chavo runs in and gets tossed. Lays into Eddie in the corner. Clothesline. Get two count. Goes after Chavo. Suplex by Kurt. Two count. Tags in Benoit. Get shot by Benoit. Elbow to the face. Two count. 
Tagged to Kurt. Elbow by Eddie Guerrero. Tagged to Chavo. Short arm clothesline by Chavo. Get a two count. Beautiful belly to belly by Kurt. He does. He probably does. Him or Brock probably do the best ones. Tagged to Benoit. Back suplex by Benoit for a two count. Clothesline. Another two count. Really good action here. Very, very good. Obviously, these four are just... They're in, their, they're in their primes at the minute. They're in their peaks, and they're just brilliant. Really, really good. Clothesline, another two count. Back suplex by Chavo. Tagged to Eddie. Uppercut by Eddie. Reversed into a cross face. Chavo breaks it up. Tagged to Chavo. Chops by Benoit, and then by Chavo. Chops by Benoit. These chops are just filthy. They, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the clip of Daniel Puder in the Royal Rumble 2005, where he's just... He's in there with Eddie Guerrero, Hardcore Holly, and Chris Benoit, and best believe... His his chest is, is turned into mincemeat because of them three. And Benoit is probably the main proprietor of that. So Runs off the ropes, gets caught by Eddie. Chavo then hits a, a nice little drop kick. Two count. Tag to Eduardo. Springboard helo by Eddie. That's really nice where he comes in off the tag. Does the you know, the flip over the ropes onto his back. It's it's on the it's on the, the 2K games now, that animation, so very, very nice. Boot to the face, cheap shot to angle. We get a we want angle chant. I mean angle's a heel, technically. And he's in Canada as well. And he's getting wheel on angle charts. That just puts over how charismatic and how how, how likeable Kurt Angle is right now. Top rope superplex by Benoit. Angle chant again. Tag to Angle. A hot tag. A big pop when he comes in. A big back body drop to Eddie. A big German to Chavo. Belly to belly to Angle. Saved by Chavo at two. It's just, when you look at, when you look at Kurt Angle at this time, he should be... The man. He should be the 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 Cena of this era, the Austin and Rock of this era. Like he is just, he's everything. He's he's legit. He's funny. He can be intense. He can be serious. He can be have a five star match with anyone. He's just the ultimate all round superstar. I love I love Kurt Angle so much. I think he's just absolutely unbelievable. When I first started watching, I don't mean to get sidetracked here. We'll get back to the action in a sec. He was in TNA. Perk Angle. That's what I remember. Just main event mafia, stubble, looking like Jason Statham after a hangover. It was just, yeah. He was still good, though. I mean, but now going back and looking here, he's, he's clean-shaven, fresh-faced, full of fire, full of desire. He's just, oh, he's so good. We're going to get a lovely drop kick by Chavo, a German by Benoit, a German to Eddie, diving headbutt, a cover by Angle, broken up by Chavo, suplex by Chavo, Benoit, Chavo, full to the outside, two count by Eddie on Angle, Goes for the frog splash. Angle gets up, tries to run up the ropes for the top rope, belly to belly, but gets pushed off. We then get a frog splash, pulled off by Benoit into the cross face. Just re- unbelievably ridiculous action. And all these, all these four are so smooth. They just work together so well. The chemistry's great. Chava then breaks it up. Back suplex to the outside. Angle goes for an angle slam, but Eddie pushes off into the ref and Benoit, knocking them to the outside. Eddie then takes out the leg. The lasso from El Paso gets locked in. Angle then reversed into an angle slam. Eddie taps, but there's no ref. Chavo then comes in with a chair, but Benoit grabs it. Angle has his back to them, and Benoit extends the hand to Chavo, and they shake. It looks like Benoit's going to turn on Angle. But what about the suspension? Don't worry about it. Chavo points to Angle to hit him. Angle then sees this, and then Benoit hits Chavo, and then Eddie. Angle slams to Eddie. Benoit throws the ref into the ring. Free count. Angle and Benoit share a smile. They're starting to get along. It's great stuff. What a team. What a match. Unbelievable. Edge and Ray versus Angle and Benoit. No mercy. I can not wait. It's going to be ridiculous. Go out of your way to watch that match. Absolutely fucking, absolute Bobby Dazzler. The work rate, the in-ring stuff, the character building in the match. Just, oh, I can't, I literally, I can't wait to see Edge and Ray versus Angle and Benoit. At no mercy. We then get Mark Lloyd outside Stephanie McMahon's office. Who's Mark Lloyd? Don't worry about it. He asked her if she's made a decision. She says she's making the announcement in the ring. Steph hits the ring. I'm all grown up. Brings out Lesnar and Heyman. We get a replay from earlier where Taker sparked him with his cast and made him bleed. Steph points out Lesnar broke Taker's hand. Good point. And also points out that Undertaker has been using the cast as an offensive weapon. Steph says he will be allowed to use his cast to a big pop from the Toronto faithful. Brock stops Steph from leaving the ring. Corners her. He then gets right in her grill and starts sniffing her. Very, very odd. Trying to intimidate the GM. Do you want to get sacked, mate? Taker comes running out. Lesnar then catches him and hits him with a huge spine buster. Stomps on his cast hand. Heyman then says, You want hell, Sunday? You got it. Lesnar then jumps into the ring, but Heyman stays in there. Heyman's getting a bit cocky. sees a prone Undertaker. He then goes up to him and tries to kick him, but he gets caught. Taker starts hitting Heyman. 
Brock runs in and gets hit by the cast. Lesnar rolls out the ring. Heyman's bleeding and gets beaten up some more. He's just prone in the corner. Just out of it. He's been absolutely sparked. Taker then knocks Brock off the apron after he tries to make the save again. And then Taker just keeps hitting an unconscious Heyman. We get, you done it now. And that's it. That is the end of SmackDown. Ups and downs in this SmackDown. You know, the ups were... You know, the positives obviously was Angle, Benoit, Chavo and Eddie. What a match. Unbelievable. I mean, the rest actually, the rest of it was a, a bit meh. You know, but the build with uh, Undertaker and Lesnar centered around the cast the whole night. And the, obviously the affair as well. It's very strange. Both the Brothers of Destruction have lady problems going into their big title matches at No Mercy. They're both trying to be exploited by the champions. Triple H and Ric Flair and Raw getting in, getting in Kane's head using a, a dead girl against him that he killed 10 years ago, apparently. And then here, Lesnar and Heyman trying to get in Undertaker's head, putting these rooms out that he's been having an affair on, behind his pregnant wife's back. So it very, very sort of parallels. Obviously, there's a lot more taste of stuff going on with the Raw storyline. But nonetheless, yeah, interesting parallels. Yeah, I mean, Nidia and Noble was, was what it was, you know. Didn't really lead to anything apart from them making up again, which was, you know, fine. You know, little inklings of Cena turning heel, you know, is good because that just gives him a bit more personality. He's been pissing in the wind since he's really started, apart from that first week. Obviously, the, the Tory and Dawn stuff was was what it was. But, you know, that obviously, that'll go further and we'll get to that as well. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, the rest of it, I mean, the, yeah. It was an okay SmackDown. It was it was held up a lot more. If that if that tag team match between between Los Guerreros, Engel and Benoit in there, that's a, it's a piss-poor SmackDown, if you ask me. I think that... It holds it up. I mean, obviously, the, the Ray Edge, Devon and Simmons match was okay, you know, but when you put four four of them in, the, you know, the SmackDown 6 is obviously what they're going to be building around on SmackDown. So, yeah, when they're working together, it's magic. And I can't wait. Once again, I can't wait for No Mercy. So let's give you a rundown of the No Mercy card. So we got Kane versus Triple H with Ric Flair. Champion versus Champion. A tag team titles tournament final match. Edge and Ray versus Angle and Benoit. Trish and Victoria for the Women's Championship. RVD versus Ric Flair. Jericho and Christian versus Booker and Goldust for the for the Raw Tag Team titles. Tory versus Dawn Marie. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Is that... Is that... That's actually happening. I, f- I forgot Tory's facing Dawn Marie on Sunday. Ah, bollocks. It's been slating it. Saying how shit they are. They need Matt and Rikishi in there. And now they're having a singles match. Oh, God. And then we get Lesnar versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell match, WWE Championship. I can't wait. Thank you very much for listening to the second episode of The Ruthless Journey. We will be getting next into No Mercy 2002, our first pay-per-view, the first time. You have to pay for The Ruthless Journey. No, I'm joking. It will be free on iTunes. Don't worry about that. Yep. I look forward to reviewing that for you, for you lads and ladies. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you want to leave a rating or review, you can do. And follow me on Patreon as well, patreon.com slash the ruthless journey, all one word. And on Instagram as well, I'm on Instagram now. So that is just the underscore ruthless underscore journey, all lowercase. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And I will see you at no mercy.